The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Great. I wanted to um, talk a little bit about truth, uh, telling the truth and courage. Um, you know, as Gil talked about before, it takes, um, you know, it takes courage to actually be with what's difficult in ourselves. So in our own practice, uh, telling the truth to ourselves means seeing what's difficult. And, um, and so that's a really, it can be very easy when we're sitting there meditating and, you know, we're a little bit bored, you know, to just want to jump into you know, what, what feels good, you know, we just kind of jump into the future, the time when you're not bored, and you just kind of want to go there. But the truthfulness of the moment is like really being with that moment of, of possible boredom that, oh, it doesn't feel good to be bored. This is an unpleasant experience. That's the truth of that moment. And that moment isn't a moment to be gotten rid of, but a moment to be really fully present for it. And the same thing with any of the difficult moments that arise. Um, as we practice, you know, I think we all uh, come face to face with our fears or insecurities or doubts. And so showing up for those uh, takes courage. Instead of trying to, okay, let me see if I can get calm. Let me, let me get really peaceful, you know, um, instead of um, experiencing those pieces. Another area that, that it takes a lot of uh, courage is in relationships. Um, telling the truth in relationships is, speaking the truth in relationships is essential for intimacy, for closeness with people. It's essential in the creation of community like this. Um, and, you know, one of the things I'm so glad to hear, so many of you brought up how important it is to tell the truth with compassion with seeing the other person that we're talking to. Even if we're talking about ourselves, still seeing that there's this other human being there that we're speaking to. Uh, sometimes people mistake telling the truth. Um, you know, like for instance, I've had friends who've told me really difficult things about myself. And they were really painful at the time. And years later, I am so grateful uh, they were just so, so important for me. Uh, but they were told to me with, with a kindness, you know, so that I, I didn't immediately get defensive and, you know, and push it away, but I allowed it to enter. Um, but sometimes we mistake telling the truth uh, with, you know, I don't know how many of you are, have been in long-term relationships where you sometimes, um, either it's been done to you or you do it to the other person, you have this long laundry list of what's wrong with the other person. You know? And, um, you know, that's kind of a common thing that happens, you know. And, and, you know, it seems like it's true. You know, if you're deluded, it seems like it's true. And, um, but it's really coming out of resentment, out of anger. So even if some of those things might, might be, fa- you know, the facts might be correct, uh, you know, the truth of, the, of, of what's being said isn't there. It's not available. Um, and the other area where it, take, it can take a lot of courage is in society, either in the workplace, you know, when there's unethical things going on, um, or in, in society as a whole in terms of injustice and prejudice. There's a big difference between not lying 
and telling the truth, right? Yeah, so a lot of people feel they're very honest, but they, uh, they don't step out of their comfort zone and have the courage to, to speak when, when uh, it might be really helpful. Um, so I want to share a story. You know, um, a number of years ago, I was in this, um, uh, the Community Dharma Leader Program out of Spirit Rock, and it's um, this tr- a part of the training is we have these... Uh, week-long retreats a couple of times a year. And it's a group of about 80 long-time practitioners. And, and um, you know, we start out as strangers and very gradually built a community. And the heart of the building of that community w- was t- speaking the truth, telling the truth, sharing the truth. And um, we were, pl- you know, um, I think it was one of the, you know, we, we'd already established a relationship, so we all pretty much knew each other. And two of the participants decided to get married. And they decided to get married at the retreat. And so, um, you know, so it was a retreat where you do some sitting, but it's a lot of study, um, a lot of things like this, where we talk a lot with each other, do process. Um, So it felt very appropriate to have this, the wedding party, you know, in the evening, one night. And so everybody was kind of bubbling in excitement about it and congratulating. And there's just like a lot of very happy up energy there. And uh, every day, you know, we usually, you know, all gather in a circle and we'd check in, you know, if people had something to say, would, you know, be brought up. And um, this one woman said, um, you know, she sort of hesitantly spoke up and she said, you know, I really, I'm really happy for my friends here, you know, that they're, you know, that they're getting married. And, but the truth of it is, you know, I've been recently widowed, and I'm actually really sad. And the marriage just, uh, it just, you know, makes me, makes me hurt, makes me want to cry. And I, you know, I didn't want to say this, you know, in front of one. People keep asking me, isn't it great, isn't it great? But I'm not, I'm not enthusiastic, you know. And, and I had to tell, you know, I felt I, I should say this. And a couple of minutes later, you know, as people just kind of hung with that, somebody else said, um, um, I'm really happy for them also, but, <laughs> um, you know, but um, I'm a lesbian and I've been in a relationship for decades and it just makes me so sad that I can't acknowledge this, you know, and... Um, and again, the room sat in silence, you know. And, uh, and then the bride spoke, and she said, um, you know, this, your sadness doesn't take away from my joy of this, of this marriage. In fact, the intimacy that you've given me is a real gift. And, um, you know, and we were able to hold this, uh, especially the, the, the marriage it, it, with the acknowledgement of the impermanence of life. You know, you marry, you lose someone. That's, that's going to happen. And we were able to hold all the sadness and the joy in a, in a very incredibly much more intimate space because those two women had shared the truth. Um, and I think that's the beauty of a community like this, where that's the, um, you know, it's not that easy to do it in every environment, you know. Um, but a community like this really supports that. And the last thing I want to say, you know, is telling the truth doesn't always mean saying what's on our minds. In fact, most of the stuff in our minds is usually best left unsaid. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but the Buddha gave um, these wonderful guidelines. And, you know, to ask ourselves, is it true? Is it kind? Is it helpful? Is it the right time? And at this the retreat, it was the right time. And it was kind. Uh, it was true. And it was very helpful. So... Um, So, you know, now what we'd like to do is um, have a little bit of a discussion in in the large group. And um, what we wanted to um, talk about is uh, what motivates us to be truthful? So let me, um, here's the mic. What? Yeah, what motivates us to be truthful? in our practice, in our relationships, in the world. Can you pass it around? So, um, so in everyday life, I'm sort of not quite in touch enough with my body to really feel the negative repercussions of not telling the truth. Um, so sometimes I actually tell the truth or I'm ethical, sort of out of a future fear of feeling bad while I'm on retreat. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I don't know if that's that's necessarily a good thing, but I know, like, ooh, I'm going to feel this later when I'm sitting, so just going to hold off. Thank you. Uh, Behind you, over... In my childhood, there was um, a great deal of pressure for the social lie. Um, For a lot of, um, my mother would tell me things and then say, don't tell your brothers this. And and everybody was going around behind everybody else's back. Um, And I just got to the point where I decided I was never, ever going to live my life that way. And... um, I, I try very hard, and it, it is hard. You were, you were, put it wonderfully when you said truth is a hard partner to dance with. Uh, there's a, a story about Thomas the Rhymer in which he's given the gift of always telling the truth, and it, it becomes a curse because he, cannot, he can't not answer honestly. Um. I was reminded of, I don't know who said this, it was Mark Twain or whatever, but, uh, you know, uh, tell the truth, that way you don't have to remember anything. Um, but, and it's like, um, it's, a, it is, it's a great weight. When I feel like I've, I've kind of been struggling with something and thinking hard, and when, when I get to the, when I just tell myself the truth or just, you know, tell somebody else the truth, it's like, you know, if, no matter what the risk is, it's like, oh. God, that was what a what a weight off. That's, that's yeah. Thank you, David. Um, <clears throat> I I uh, find that the closer that I can live in accordance with the deepest truths, uh, the easier my life is. Like um, the truth that that there is no self, that I don't exist. 
or the truth that uh, everything's changing or the, the fact that I'm going to die and that everybody here, everybody that I encounter will die. Um, so uh, those, those universal truths or that grasping is suffering. Um, to be able to live in accordance with those truths is much simpler and it's just a great relief than to try to to uh, keep up with all of the, the selves that keep appearing and keep validating all those selves. Great, thank you. Um, I find that if I'm in a community or in a relationship where truth is valued and expressed, for instance, Inez, today when you had the period when you didn't have something to say and told the story about Gil. I feel both safe to be more truthful myself and in, say, a relationship where somebody expresses a truth which is something that maybe I didn't want to hear or would rather, or let's not put it that way, something that might not be something that is pleasant, I feel more courage myself to be able to say things like that. Um, and so surrounding myself somehow with that community and those relationships is helpful and it's also inspiring to try to be that kind of person in community and in relationships so that that can grow. Okay, thank you. Okay. I guess uh, for me, when I'm honest and truthful with somebody, you feel an instant connection with the person. So you don't you put your guard down. So you, I feel like some people you, you spend hours, but when you're not really open and be honest with each other, there's this kind of wall there. I thought it's like wasted the whole time, kind of sometimes thing. And I guess the thing I have hard time sometimes is there's this society put this rules like you know being polite, be nice, or whatever. I mean, it's important to be polite and nice, but there are a lot of these uh, pretending or something. You know, it's like, you know, there's a talk about there's this big elephant in the middle of the room and nobody's <laughs> talking about it kind of thing. That, that kind of thing really bothers me. So I think that's one reason I like uh, coming here, a place like this, that you can really be honest about, I don't know, things not pretending. Okay, thank you. You can talk about the elephant. <laughs> um, something that I feel like I've really been working on and really seeing more, uh, the beauty of the truth is for me is actually the liberation that comes from it but also the acknowledgement of the first noble truth, there is suffering. And so it's like the scales of justice that I have to acknowledge that so they can be weighed and be balanced because the more we come into the truth for myself, I'm acknowledging what it really means to be human and to have the mind of a human being and everything that it creates and in my relationship to myself and to other people, and as the more I feel like I'm trying to move to what feels more skillful and truthful, can also have a lot of suffering and sorrow in the relationships because they have to change. 
and I have to see them more clearly on, in order to allow myself liberation. So I'm really been holding these two pieces and really seeing how they're both part of the truth, the liberation and the essence of the first noble truth, there is suffering. Okay, thank you. Behind you. Yeah. I think um, that where I struggle is, um, is having that aha moment of seeing the truth. And when I see that truth for myself, then things just relax. And for me, the daily practice of sitting in that space just of quiet, that's when the truth seemed to arise for me. And it's much harder in the day, in what I do every day, you know, just the, the normal activities. So that's the value for me of the sitting. And that aha moment is, and maybe it's just a little tiny piece, but it, it feels so good. I thank you. One more. Ted? Uh, yeah, I really connect with that. Uh, it seems like truth, or in one of the suttas, uh, right speech. Uh, we want to speak what's true, correct, beneficial, and then you can add timely. Um, it seems like truths are something that we discover, and the more truthful something is, the more freedom and relaxation and simplification of things become. But it doesn't mean that it's we're done. You know, there's there's another step. And then the, and when we find more relaxation, then it's more truthful. The opposite I discover also, if it's not true, causes a whole lot of restlessness. You know, so it's it's kinda like a pinball machine, maybe, you know. Uh, restlessness, oh, of course corrections needed. Uh, anyway, more relaxed, then it must be more true. Thank you. And one last one over here. Oh, okay, two then. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, for me, understanding has always been very important. I guess I'm just curious about things. And I believe that without uh, being truthful, um, there is no hope in being understood. And also, there is no hope in understanding anything without uh, being truthful and honest. So that's the value of honesty for me. Great, thank you. Um, so uh, what we're going to do next is we're going to, um, uh, yeah, if you could pass both mics towards the front, that'd be great. So okay, thank you. Um, we're going to break up into, um, thank you, groups of two. Um, and uh, we're going to spend about 10 minutes each. You'll each get to do a little monologue. Um, and what he'll talk about is what has been your history with truth. 
So remember, you've got 10 minutes, so, so you want to kind of uh, really touch uh, the, the really important things. What did you learn about being truthful growing up in your family? Uh, what experiences influenced you uh, towards your attitude of being truthful? And what's your attitude and beliefs about being truthful now? So just your, your basic history, you know. And um, um, so we'll do about, you know, 10 to 12 minutes uh, each, and I'll ring a bell when you change and the other person speaks. Um, if anyone, uh, you know, when we do dyads, you know, it's completely voluntary. Um, you know, we very much encourage you to do it. I think it's a really valuable exercise. But also, if it's not something that you're comfortable with doing, you can feel free to sit and meditate for a while and just, uh, you know, be quiet. Um, so before we break up, it would, it would help if uh, people kind of, some of you move out to the outer hall, feel free to, you know, take out some chairs, and, and same thing, feel free to use the conference room. So the question again is, what, it, what is your history with truth? And then just kind of cover what were the things that you've learned about truth in your life and what your current understanding is. Okay, great. So, um, anything else before we... You said there's an odd number, then the odd person can come up here and we'll help them. Okay, yeah, if there's an odd number, please, um, you know, so find your partners and then uh, if you haven't found a partner, please come up here. As you come back in here... So now um, we'd like to hear back from you a little bit of how the dyad went, how, um, you know, what you may have learned from it. Yes. Um, can you? Thank you. Uh, I, I found it, right from the very beginning of, of my talking, I found it extremely uh, interesting and eye-opening that, uh, a metaphor came to me of how the training that I had received in my family and in my religious upbringing had given me, uh, uh, I called it like a waterbed. My foundation was like a, trying to stand on a waterbed. <laughs> uh, and uh, like, oh, okay, that's why life was so difficult. Uh, so anyway, that was extremely interesting. Great, thank you. I talked to Greg, who is probably, could be my grandson. 
So and I thought, my history, right? It's going to be here for a month and a half. Um, but, but actually, it was quite wonderful talking to somebody uh, your age, and the issues aren't all, all that different about dealing with, uh, with uh, truthfulness and honesty. Thank you. I always like the dyads because it takes the material, the teachings, and it helps us metabolize it and really explore it and personalize it. So I find that very powerful. One thing that I hear and I'm curious about is how might one deal with the fear of truth? Seems like that's an obstacle. Being afraid of the truth. Being afraid of the truth in what way? Tell me a little more. Well, a couple people mentioned this today. Mm -hmm. So I have to refer back to myself. And my tendency is just, I want to know. So I'm like, uh, tend to not be quite as fearful. But I'm hearing that a lot as a theme. So I would take it as being afraid to hear the hard truth about oneself. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that's been something for me, like, oh, I don't know if I really want to hear this, so I don't want to hear it. I'm going to try to avoid it. But then I'm not helping my own liberation. I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, So, you know... um, you know, we, we can take, we can open up as much as we can open up. You know, we can incline in the direction of opening to what we're afraid of. But we don't have to force ourselves and rip ourselves open. So if we can take a little bit of truth, that's great. You know, and then we can take a little more truth. And I think that in relationships, that's how relationships sometimes build. You try a little bit of truth and, oh, that went okay. <laughs> you know, okay. <laughs> you know, and, then, and after a while, you're friends. So it's, it's, a, it's a slow building trust, and a lot of it is building a trust in ourselves. And it also seems like re- resilience is important, that realizing you have the resilience to take in the truth. Yes, yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the front. One thing I was noticing about it is that um, <clears throat> it seems that there's many situations in which a balance uh, between compassion to the self and compassion to another person enters into issues of honesty and truth. Yeah, thank you. Anything else? <laughs> um, I was glad to hear, and as you say earlier about it, um, maybe not okay to say everything that goes through your head. I'm a veteran of the encounter group wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably not alone, but in which we, we really thought there was an absolute value to just saying any damn thing you wanted to say about anybody else, and the harder, harsher it was, the more value it had. And it was, in fact, incredibly destructive. Right, thank you. I was just thinking about fear and truth. For myself, I see fear, like when I talk on the mic, I'm very uh, nervous. You know, that's a strong sense of self that that I'm protecting or afraid. Or I see fear always has self, strong self in it. Whereas truth 
if you really look at a truth, there, there's really no self in it. Uh, there may be the fear of the self part in that. But self, fear and self are connected. Truth and strength seems to be something that's connected. Or truth and more like not self or more like calm or liberation or something like that. They seem to me to be too... If I see fear, I look at just fear. You know, it might be associated with something talking. But it's strong self that's coming out. Um, anyway. Okay, thank you. The grandson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to reference uh, pop culture these days. So I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Stephen Colbert has a great word called um, truthiness, <laughs> which um, is something that seems true but actually isn't quite, quite true. And in talking with Ellen, I was really struck by how conditioned we are by our mass culture. Um, Ellen grew up in the 1950s and in that culture, and I'm sort of growing up in this one now. And how truth isn't really in integri- like integrity and honesty are sort of things that are thrown out as being valuable, sort of like, oh yeah, integrity, like that's, that's good. Um, but we just don't have a lot, of, a lot of strong role models, and it's really not valued if you look at case-by-case basis, um, really not valued on a wider cultural scale. So I think that just seeps in over and over. I mean, my example was um, downloading music. It's something that widespread among my generation and isn't really seen as being unethical or wrong by, I think, the large majority of people who do it. I've been really questioning it recently, if you know, it's taking something which isn't offered to me. Um, so things like that, I think, are just really integral in sort of shaping our conceptions of how we relate to the truth. Imagine if we had an Oscar for honesty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honesty in the movie industry. <laughs> Behind you, please. I think they were talking about um, dealing with when people are honest with you, telling the truth, and having a difficulty with it. But um, for me, I feel like I want people to be honest with me, tell me the truth how sometimes, and they seem to be afraid to be honest and tell me the truth, how they really feel, how they whatever, and. I don't. I have a hard time sometimes. Like, why don't you just tell me whatever the true how you really feel about things instead of just being polite and being nice about things. So, I think it kind of both ways. <laughs> so. Thank you, um, John. Um, I guess related to this, uh, when I'm having a strong reaction to someone or an emotional conflict with them. Um, Something I've found extremely valuable is um, what I think has been termed the nonviolent communication model. Um, and I do my own version of it, but um, in incorporating another you know, sort of great Buddhist idea, it's in, from the Zen, it's the don't know mind. And in the nonviolent communication model for me offers, instead of saying, you really, you know, are a jerk, the way you treated me or, you know, what you did. But it says the first thing to do is try to just tell the facts 
of what happened, you know, what went on in the simplest way, what and things that you can actually agree about, uh, and often just in the simple sorting out what happened, not the opinions, not the interpretations, then the problem can resolve because you perceived what happened is very different. But then from that, then to say what is your own subjective emotional experience with it. Um, and that's very different from presenting, you know, this is the way I really feel about you as the truth. Uh, and saying this is what's true in my own mind, in my own emotions. Um, and then there's an opportunity to exchange that back and forth. And with sort of that don't know mind, you're actually learning what's going on. Uh, learning, quote, unquote, the truth. Um, and then the final step of it, too, is then to ask something very specific that the other person can do to address the problem. And there's sort of a, another element of truth there is just not saying, just stop it, or just get better, or it's saying, this is what exactly you can do that would help me, or this is what I propose we do. And there's an element of truth in that, because also it enables you in the next step to have a foundation of a factual thing. Were we able to do this or not? Uh, and simplifying it. Uh, so. Thank you. Uh, this way, this direction. <laughs> Um, I had just shared with my partner that one of the times I first looked at truth was through a 12-step program where you are asked to do an inventory of yourself and truth maybe is the first one on that list. And I was surprised to discover that I was untruthful in little ways frequently, exaggerating stories and so on. And right after I shared this with my partner, within a minute or so, I did the same thing in my conversation. <laughs> I exaggerated a couple of details in, a, in an incident I was <laughs> relating. And it just makes me so aware how much work there is to do in this for me. Um, and I appreciate this opportunity to work on that. <laughs> thank you. Great, thank you. Okay, pass the back row there. Ooh, I feel a bit uh, like Ted, uh, to speak in a bit of microphone, because uh, this is not my usual speaking in front of a group, but I'm going to do my best, because um, I had a very good uh, conversation with uh, my um, partner, and uh, we both come from totally different culture, couldn't be further apart with the background, and yet we can relate to how we were raised, and uh, uh, truthfulness of what is really being truthful is a good thing or is not a good thing because she was raised not to um, uh, to speak her truth a little white lie is better than, than to tell the truth and in my culture um, you, you save people's face you don't tell people what you think or feel and so um, that has been my pattern and, and so it's not something that is really um, a good thing to, to speak your mind or your, your, your heart. Uh, and on this journey of trying to find that peace and, and, um, and uh, uh, suffering, uh, I find that it's, it's not an easy, it's a struggle. It's a real struggle, everyday thing. Uh, and how do you go about to do that is, is still a continue to be a, a learning experience. But we had a really good uh, good. Uh, the dialogue, and I really appreciate the opportunity to have uh, to have explore this topic, and it is very universal, obviously. 
that she and I could relate to each other. Thank you. Thank you. Great. So, um, so you're ready for lunch?